0: All right, good morning. It's good to see everybody out today. Uh, If you're new to us, we just finished a series on the book of Ruth, and today we start a brand new series, a little out of the ordinary for us. We typically do book studies, and we are going to stray from that just a little bit, and we're going to do a, a series like a topical series and so today we're going to begin that uh the well the the whole point of this series is uh the title is basics for believers so if you came looking for something new and improved you're in the wrong room Uh, these are things that we all as believers should know we should be practicing things that we should be familiar with this will be my last sunday before i have to go back to work sunday shifts for three weeks so Billy will be leading you next Sunday, and he's going to do, uh, if the Lord doesn't change his heart, he's going to do a lesson or two or or three on uh, seven reasons you can trust the Scriptures. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Erwin uh, Lutzer wrote a book by that title. Some yes, read through that, and you know there might be some other sources too. Awesome, and and Lutzer incredible. If you ever listen to him, uh, he's a uh, uh, a pastor at moody bible church and i think he used to be university president and may still be i don't know a very very gifted gifted writer and speaker but we're going to talk about basics for believers today and i told you at the end of last year i want this year's focus for this class to be on discipleship so all these basics relate to that Uh, I want us to get more plugged in and more concerned and more active in discipling. And maybe some of you are, than I'm not even aware of it. And and I know some of the things that you do, but I just want to, I don't want any of this to sound like a rebuke. I really don't. Uh, I'm told that I can come across as stern. I find that hard to believe. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I want you to know I want every bit of this to be an encouragement to you. I want this to be uh, a reminder, a, an encouragement, something to spur you on. And so today, we're just going to talk about the why. Why should we study uh, it, these things, these basics? And why, is, there it is, why is it not advancing? Michael Jordan said this about the, ba- the basics. Uh, winners don't just learn the fundamentals. They master them. You have to monitor your fundamentals constantly because the only thing that changes will be your attention to them. There's a lot of truth to that, even to a biblical application. The things that we're going to talk about, again, nothing new. We're going to talk about um, the Word of God. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about discipling. All, All these things that you've heard again and again and again. But... We as human beings have to revisit anything that we want to, to do and do well. You have to revisit fundamentals. Constantly, you have to do this and, and uh, sharpen your, your, your tools and continue to keep these things before yourself. We have two students here from Bob Jones University. And this is the creed that every student had. Y'all still have to learn this, right? Uh, I had to learn this when I was there. And this is the creed that they live by and it's all about fundamentals of the faith. It says that we believe in the inspiration of the Bible, both Old and New Testaments, the creation of man by the direct act of God, the incarnation and virgin birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, his identification as the Son of God, his vicarious atonement for the sins of mankind by the shedding of his blood on the cross, the resurrection of his body from the tomb, his power to save men from sin, the new birth through the regeneration by the Holy Spirit, and the gift of eternal life by the grace of God. And that sums up fundamentals in a nutshell. If you're a believer in Christ, these are the core values, these are the things that we want to hold dear. And the studying of these fundamentals that we're going to be talking about serve to reinforce these truths, these doctrines, these things that we should, any day of the week, uh, an unbeliever should be able to come up and, and, and talk to a believer and say, can you talk to me about any of these things, and there should be something you can offer them. Maybe you can't quote direct scripture at the spur of the moment. That's okay. But there should be something. You should be solid on these truths. And I, that's why I want these lessons uh, to help us to distinguish ourselves. Believers, as ambassadors of heaven, we live in a lost and dying world, don't we? That world is seeking, always seeking for something to believe in. They're always looking for a substitute. Now, I'm, I'm kind of a child of the 80s. That was my high school days. And there was a band back then that wrote a song called Give Me Something to Believe In. And I want you to think back to the Bob Jones Creed that we just read. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I knew how, I would. There we go. Uh, we would go back to that. I want you, as I, I'm going to read you some of the lyrics, not all of them. But I want you to compare and contrast the, the idea, ideology of what was being sung in this song because it was kind of the theme of the thinking of that day, the secular thinking versus this Bob Jones Creed. Well, I see him on the TV preaching about the promised lands. He tells me, believe in Jesus, steals the money from my hands. Some say he was a good man. Lord, I think he sinned. And then he goes on, in the next course talks about a suicidal Vietnam vet and how he can't shake those, those memories and how the, the lawyers stole from him the money and, uh, and he lost his family. Throughout the song, it, it, it's interesting to me that he talks about, he says, oh, Lord, arise, several times throughout the song. He says, if there's a Lord above, give me something to believe in. Oh, Lord, arise. He says that in the chorus again and again and again. And throughout the song, he cries for something to believe in. Everything's uncertain. He goes on. Well, I get a little tickled at these folks because in the last last verse, he talks about uh, how the rich people get rich and ignore the homeless. I think this was a number one hit. I don't know how much money he made off of it, but he, he doesn't mention that part uh, <laughs> conveniently, I think. Uh, again, he finishes, is, is if, there, if there's a Lord above, oh Lord, arise. O oh Lord, arise. Give me something to believe in. You hear the desperation in that? I, I think too many times we hear these songs. It was, it was a catchy song. It was, you know, acoustic, and uh, of course Hollywood knows how to put, uh, portray itself. That's, it's very professionally done. But they, the truth gets away from them. They reveal themselves. It's a, it's, it's a state of hopelessness. If there's a Lord, give me something to believe in. And folks, I, I want us as believers to know there is something to believe in. It's these truths, these fundamental truths that we're going to be talking about. These are things to hang on to. These are things for eternity. These are things that are with you, not just in the good days, but in the tragic days, when it seems that there is nothing else to believe When there are false prophets, when there are unjust wars, when there is physical, emotional, financial tragedy, there is something to believe in. By the way, anybody know the name of the band that wrote that song? Boys with it's poison. <laughs> Even their names give them away, doesn't it? <laughs> and they were giving us poison. Uh, it, again, I didn't come here to start a diatribe on rock and roll music. No, I, I want you to understand and see the contrast of the message of Scripture. The message of truth versus the message of the world. And, and we, we, some of these things are comical and we chuckle, but folks, it is sad. It is absolutely sad that it's not just a few musical artists, but there's a generation of folks out there that are this lost and this uh, hungry for something to believe in. We as ambassadors, we need to know these truths. We need to be ready always to give an answer and to provide them with something real to believe in. And so that's why I want us to focus on these fundamental truths. As believers, we need to settle on surrendering these two facts. Surrendering to these two facts. Number one, we are sinners. At, if you've not come to the place that you realize that you're a sinner, that you're lost without hope, you need to come to that conclusion. You, that, you know, that's the first part of coming to uh, having something to believe in. You've got to realize that it's not in and of yourself that you in and of yourself are without hope but that he is the savior again fundamental if you're a believer you got that but you and you came to that conclusion at the point of salvation if you're a believer without question you came to that conclusion that you're lost without hope that you are a sinner but he is the savior But in revisiting these fundamentals, I think sometimes we get the idea in our head that once we have salvation, okay, well, we got that lesson. Put that aside. No, you need to keep that ever before you. This is important not just to your salvation, but to your sanctification. Uh, You didn't just get all right when you got saved. You've still got a problem with sin. You've still got a desire for sin. You have a hunger for sin. You want to know how I know? I got one, too. <laughs> I'm not, this, this is for all of us. And so, the first step in this, this lesson on believers, this, this getting a grasp on these fundamentals, is to not leave these fundamental truths, this, this core value where we all begin at the point of salvation. Romans chapter five, we're gonna have a lot of scripture today. We're gonna go through a lot of scripture today, and if you wanna jot some of the references down, that's fine. Uh, if you miss them, I can give them to you later. But Romans 5, verses 1 through 5 says this, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh Patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. This this passage, these verses scream of someone of, of an encouragement to get to a place where we have a grasp and we have these fundamentals rooted deep within us. Do you see the progression here? Uh we glory in tribulations? knowing that it's gonna work patience. And, and we know this patience is gonna bring experience. And we know hope maketh not a shame. It's it's a it's not a sprint, folks, it's a marathon. It's this getting these core fundamental truths so deeply ingrained in us. And as Michael Jordan said, revisiting again and again and again the fundamentals so that they're always with us. So that we work through this progression. So that we are firm in our faith. So that we always have an answer. And these are the things that we want to talk about in this series. Romans 5 says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. We're the sinner. He's the Savior. Uh, That's the only way. Uh, we, We do not hold or have these fundamentals outside of Christ. Outside of his salvation, outside of the gift of the Holy Ghost, we do not have these fundamentals. They're merely words on a page and we're going to see jesus confront some people about that later on in this lesson hopefully if i don't run out of time uh, romans 5 17 and 18 for by one man's offense death reigned by one he's talking about adam the first adam much more they uh, they which received abundance of grace and the gift of uh, righteousness shall reign by life uh, in life by one jesus christ so again We were born into sin. We are the sinner and he is the Savior. Again and again and again, Scripture screams this out to us. It's a fundamental of our faith that we must keep before us, not just at the point of salvation. So, once we settle on these two facts, then, folks, we got to study. We have to study. If you're a believer in Christ and you're not studying, start. Yeah, I, I don't care what you have to surrender. I don't, I don't care what you have to sacrifice. You need to study. Please do not come to this church, this Sunday school class, and think that is sufficient. You need to study on your own. You need to, You need to get along with God. You need to spend time in the Word of God. You need to get ingrained in what the Bible says. And folks, I think we have trustworthy pastors. Please don't mishear what I'm trying to say. I believe that we have trustworthy pastors in this church. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be here. Uh, we've said it again and again. What is the authority in this Sunday school room? Scripture, the word of God. Every one of you should shout that. That's not, that's not a gray area. What is the authority in this, in this Sunday school room? Scripture. Scripture, the word of God. Not me, not Billy, no man, no woman. It is the Word of God. And I've told you again and again, and I'm sincere in it, folks. If you hear me teach something and you find contradiction in the Word of God, I beg of you, please bring that Scripture to me. I want to know it, and I want to not change Scripture. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to modify Scripture to fit my... No, I want to change. I want to be correct as far as scripture teaches and these are the fundamentals we're talking about once we settle on those first two facts then we need to get busy studying not me all of us and so today's going to be an encouragement to do that to study Uh, now how much you study i don't know that's between you and god how you study that's between you and god there's different methods there's different ways but you need to have a time of study Where you get along with God and allow Holy Spirit to teach you directly. I need you to do that. I need you to do that and pray for this old boy. Because I need need the Holy Spirit to to guide me, to teach me, to to keep me from straying from Scripture. And that's what we're talking about. In, In short, do the work of a believer. If you're a believer, your job is to study. It is your job to study the Word of God. And the Bible t- tells us this over and over again. And, and if that means waking up 30 minutes early on a work day, do it. If that means sacrificing something that you love, do it. Do the work of a believer. So, because of those things, we should study the basics. And we should study the basics, first of all, to meet God's standard. you understand God has standards for believers? I, often I think that we're in danger of, we, we, we do a great job of teaching grace. Because it's fun. <laughs> and it's wonderful. And it's true. Uh, and, and we should teach grace. But I think sometimes we, we teach grace to the point where we think grace is the end of it all. And it's not. God has a standard for you as a believer. There are things that he wants you to do, that he demands you do, that he directs you to do. So the first thing we're going to look at is, in studying these basics, is the standards that God sets for us. We're we're not going to get deep on this, uh, but we're going to talk about these standards. 2 Timothy 2.15 comes to mind. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth Paul said when he wrote to Timothy that young pastor this is God's standard for you that you should study first of all God said that you should study you should study his word and not just study but to the point that you show that you are approved not to your Sunday school teacher not to your Pastor, not to your husband, not to your wife, not to anybody, but to God. God has a standard. If you're studying to be approved to him, that means there's a standard to meet, does it not? And so God has a standard for you to meet within your study. Why? Because he needs you to be a workman. He wants you to get busy. He wants you to do something with that study. I believe and I'm convinced that so often Christians get weary of study because they don't ever do anything with what they've studied. They never go forth and spread the seed. They never go out to make a disciple. They never get busy doing the work of a believer and so if you just pour it in and pour it in and pour it in it's great. How many love donuts in here? Krispy Kreme donuts, chocolate. What's your favorite donut? Shout it out. out. Be honest. Blazed. Blazed, chocolate, all those. You know what I like? Donuts. (laughs) Hey, they got one at Tasty. It's got that, that chocolate frost on top, and it's, it's an eclair. It's like it's a long jaw. And it's filled with that Bavarian cream. Ooh, child. I like it when that's running down both sides of my jaw and getting on my shirt. It's good stuff. And one of them's great. Two of them's better. Three of them's pretty good. Four of them start getting a little queasy. <laughs> you eat a half a dozen suckers, they're going to probably find me slumped over the steering wheel in the truck. Why? I took in too much of a good thing. Folks, if you just study, 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 and you never go forth and, and spew it out, and never give it out, and never, you're going to grow weary. You're, you're, you're going to study, for, but you're not going to be a workman. Folks, we've got to get serious about this disciple. We've got to get serious about spreading this word. You know what? We're running out of time, whether we realize it or not. And again, that's what these basics are about. It's to remind us there's a job for us to do. There's things, and this is how we do it. And it's not just the Sunday school teacher saying it. God says this is his standard. It's not just a New Testament standard. It was an Old Testament standard. In Deuteronomy, they said, God said, and you shall teach them your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by thy way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. I used King James, by the way, for all this, because it was easier to search. So you'll have to translate there. He said, parents, you. Now, obviously, they didn't live in the church age, it wasn't the age of grace, and they were traveling as the Israelites. And so make the application correct here. But God said, get down, sit with your children, disciple your children, teach them what's right. Teach them the word of God. Now, how's a parent gonna teach the word of God to the child? You have to learn it. You have to learn it. How do you learn it? You gotta study it. You're right back to 2 Timothy two fifteen, right? Folks, it's just fundamental of the faith it's it's just absolute fundamental you've got to study you've got to uh then share it john 5 uh, jesus rebuked spiritual leaders for not genuinely knowing the scriptures In, in uh verses 33 through 47 this is uh and we don't have time to turn to it i've got a lot to get to but this is the story of jesus healing the man on the sabbath the lame man, the pool of Bethesda. He couldn't get to the pool and the angel would stir the water, so on and so forth. And, Je- and the Pharisees just got all over him because he healed on the Sabbath. That's right. And Jesus didn't say, well, I appreciate your opinion, fellas. That was real nice of you looking out for my well-being. No, he lit into them. He tore him up. I love it. He chewed them out with the Bible. It was great. Uh, you should enjoy those things of Scripture. By the way, <laughs> he wasn't just always this soft, gentle guy. He wasn't afraid to make a cord of whips and drive you out of the temple. He he wasn't afraid to get in. And he publicly these are the religious leaders. These are the folks in the robes and the hats and the regalia. Those who set themselves above everybody else because of their spiritual knowledge. These are the men that knew what the word said. Word for word, verbatim, text for text. And Jesus got all, all over him and said, you don't know what the Bible says. You don't understand what it's saying. If you did, you'd know that I come from my Father and that my Father told me to do these things. You're ignorant is what he said. You missed God's standard, Pharisee. You don't understand. You think you've got it, and you don't. So again, the Pharisees, they knew some words, but they didn't know the basics. They didn't know the fundamentals. Their heart was far from God. And these are the things that we're talking about. Well, we should also study the basics to sustain our own hope, to sustain the hope that we have. When you were saved, if you're, if you're saved, this morning, raise your hand high and hold it up. You know that you're on your way to heaven. When you were saved at that moment, you were full of hope. That's all right if you can read That's okay. <laughs> if you were saved in that moment, you're full of hope. Folks, you need to sustain that. The Word of God, you should come across that again and again. There should be a reassurance from Scripture. Hey, I remember that day. I remember what Jesus did. And folks, you need that from time to time and it needs to be within us because there are times, there are seasons, there are moments when this life will try to rob you of hope. When there's nothing else left, but you can go back to that moment of salvation and it sustains your hope. Romans 15, 4 says this, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning." that we through patience and comfort of scripture might have hope. Folks, this studying the basics provides our hope. It sustains our hope. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. How do we we have vision? It's the word of God. It tells us where we've been, where we're at, and where we're going. And without that there's no hope. But if we have that, we're sustained, we're happy. We need it for our sanctification. What is sanctification? What's that big Bible word mean, sanctification? Set apart? Yes, exactly, to be set apart. Set apart from whom? It's the next question. Somebody say the world. I'm trying not to spill my coffee. That is exactly right. The world. Um, Set apart from the world. Ah, there we go. Straighten that out. Uh, We read that song earlier. uh, Those without hope. Uh, We're to be set apart from that. We should be different. We should be, the Bible says, a peculiar people. Sometimes we don't like the sound of that. If you're a teenager, you really don't like to sound of that. If you're a teenage girl, you really don't like to sound of that. You don't want to draw attention to yourself in most cases. Teenagers are funny birds, aren't we? Everybody, we're trying to fit in, we're trying to grow up, we're trying to be all at the same time. It's a weird season of life, and we don't want to be peculiar people. But if you're a believer, folks, you are a peculiar person, and you should stand out. Oh, you shouldn't strive to just stand out, but, if you're holding on to these fundamentals, you're going to be standing out. Mark 4, where it says 1 through 20, uh, and we are going to take a look there. If you want to turn to Mark 4, I encourage you to do so, or tap it up on your Google box or whatever <laughs> you have in front of you there. Yeah. And this is the parable of the sower. You understand this parable in its, in its a fundamental parable Jesus tells the disciples if you don't understand this one you're not going to understand any of them is what he tells the disciples and what's the sower about it's about the Word of God it's about how the Word of God is received or not received and I don't want to read the whole parable because I don't have time but in short that's what he talks about in verse 9 he says if you've got ears Whoever has ears, let him be. In other words, those who are open to the truth, those who are willing to receive truth, let them hear this. Let them take it in. So, Jesus, get the the picture of this now. A multitude gathers. Jesus gets in a boat. They push out just offshore, and he stands there where everybody can see him. And I'm told that that area of Galilee is very acoustically designed by the Creator. So that his voice would carry and they could hear. And he gives this parable. And here he's supposed to be this great Messiah. This great teacher. And everybody comes to hear him give spiritual truth. And he starts talking about some guy spreading seed around. And It's that real folks. That's what happens. And we know that because after he's done, when the multitude goes away, the disciples who needed this more than anybody come to him and say, what the heck are you talking about? (laughs) Now that's my English Southern vernacular, but that's what they said. Explain this master, tell us what you're talking about. he says in verse 13, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Why did he say that? It's because he's talking about the word of God, see? And he says here, verse 14, the sower sows the word. So this person who goes about sowing is sowing the word of God. Folks, that's what we're supposed to be doing. When we disciple, we're to be sowing the word of God in hearts. And you're not gonna reap everywhere you sow. There's gonna be different types of people that hear this sowing and hear this word of God. But if you're a believer, this is your job. This is the great commission. You were supposed to be doing this without question. No, gra- I had about 10 titles for this series. And one of them was just do it. <laughs> Another one was what are we waiting on? It, it, it's like these things, these fundamentals, you should be doing. You don't have to question it. You don't have to pray about it. You need to pray about how to do it or encouragement to do it, but you don't have to question it. God said, get busy doing this. If you're a believer, I'm telling you. God says, do it. And it's about sowing the seed of the word of God. And he goes through and he talks about the different types of ground, the wayside. Now, this is the person who comes in immediately and and they're they're happy when they hear it, so they sit here in Sunday school and man, that sounds great. And as soon as they walk out the door, now, What's for lunch? We're done with you know. It it just it doesn't resonate. It doesn't stay. Uh, The next person is the stony ground, and these are those who say, "Man, that's awesome," and they take it home. But with the first trial or with the first other concern or distraction, it's put aside and it it has no root. It does not sink in and grow. All but the one on good ground. And this is what we're striving for, and this is what I'm encouraging you to develop yourself to be. Make your ground good. I've gotten into gardening the past few years, and you know what I do in the off-season every year? Prepare, it, Prepare the soil. I haul manure. I till. I throw rocks out of the ground. I do everything I can so that, that this spring, that soil is going to be as rich as and fertile and when I put that seed in man it's just gonna grab it and snuggle it <laughs> and those roots are gonna have loose ground to go deep in so that that plant can grow strong and tall and provide a good yield and this is what he's talking about he says some are gonna they're gonna produce tenfold and some thirty and some a hundredfold. folks make your mind good ground Make your heart good ground. You can't do that by listening to this guy once a week. You can't do that by going down and hearing the pastor preach once a week or even twice a week. You've got to get in the word and you've got to study what God has for you. And folks, we, we should do this also. Study these basics so that we can win souls. You need to be winning souls for Christ. You need to be, you need to be sharing uh, the, the gospel. And we'll, some, we'll talk about that probably in these fundamentals. That will be probably one of the lessons or at least, at least one. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. This gospel that we have Un, unreal, and realize that this is this is the power of God. Think of that saying. Think of that phrase. What? How awesome is that? God's power in the gospel. You get to share that. You you get to tell others about the power of God through this gospel. Hebrews four twelve. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two edged sword, able to pierce to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit the joints of mirror, and discern of thoughts and intents of the heart. Again, the Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God. Lastly, I'm done. I'm almost on time. (laughs) We should study the basics so that we can stand in truth. Folks, it's not always easy to stand. Some days it's hard to stand. When things go wrong, when when people, when loved ones are sick, when loved ones die, when loved ones will not come to Christ, when financial uh, destruction comes, when, when those that we look to fall in the faith, it's not always easy to stand. And if you're not grounded on Scripture, if you're not grounded in the Word of God for yourself, you may fall. The Bible says this, therefore, brethren, stand fast. That has that, that word picture, that idea of a soldier who's dug in, who's ready, leaning forward with hand on sword. He's, he's firm. The, the Roman soldiers used to, to form up in what they, I think it was called a phalanx. They had these big shields, and those shields had hooks and, and loops. It was, I guess, the first Velcro. I never thought of that. And they would link them together. They would hook together. And so that the line of soldiers in front, those, so, those shields would be lined up and hooked together. And the second row would hold their shields up overhead, as would the third, fourth, and fifth. And it built kind of a human tank, if you will. And they would march into battle, standing fast, stride by stride, step by step, protected and shielded and ready for battle. That's what this verse is talking about. So ingrain yourself with the word of God that you are able to stand fast to hold the traditions which you have been taught. These things that we say again and again, traditions, these are fundamentals, things that we say over and over and over. I'm amazed that y'all keep coming back to hear me. (laughs) And I'm amazed that I have to read the same book year after year and week after week and come up with lessons. It's the same stuff. It's not changing, folks. We're not going to finish Revelation and then try to find another another Bible, another source. We're going right back to Genesis. Folks, we're going over and over and over. But you know what? This Word of God never runs out. It never gets old because we need these fundamentals ingrained in us again and again and again. Lastly, the last phrase, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work i've talked to you about getting busy with study and, and, and going forth and give but folks it, it's not to be a burden if you get busy doing these, it'll be a comfort to you it'll be there for you in the hard times it's there for you in the good times i was coming up this morning and i stopped by and said hello to jim fleming and he was telling me what they're they're starting a new series this morning too and we got to talking about the Word of God and what we're teaching. And man, we, we just got excited. We get excited about the Word of God and how great it is. It's a comfort to me that I have the Word of God because I don't know what in the world I'd tell you if I didn't have the Bible. I can't come up with sunshine and rainbows to throw at you. I'm I, It's not in me. I don't have it. I'm not an encourager by nature. I'm a wizard. I'm a loud, loud phony. <laughs> if, if I didn't have the word of God, that's all you'd have up here, folks. It'd be a sad, sad affair. Hey, I, I want you to keep coming. I want you to, get, I want you to come for these fundamentals of the faith. I want you to stay involved in it, and I want you to let it sink in because it's good for you. It's a comfort for you. And I want you to pray for Billy and myself as we provide these lessons that the Holy Spirit will lead us. I love you. I'm late. Get out of here.